Whatever you're funny, Peacock's got it exclusively. Stream classic sitcoms like The Office, Parks and Recreation, and Two and a Half Men. Plus, catch Peacock original comedies like AP Bio and Say by the Bell. For all your exclusive comedy faves, go to PeacockTV.com and get started. Whatever you're funny, Peacock's got it exclusively. Stream classic sitcoms like The Office, Parks and Recreation, and Two and a Half Men. Plus, catch Peacock original comedies like AP Bio and Say by the Bell. For all your exclusive comedy faves, go to PeacockTV.com and get started. It's still real to me, damn it, damn it. Everybody, welcome to this week's edition of the Still Real Test Show, episode number 609 for October 14th, 2021. Welcome to this week's edition of SRTU. I'm one half of the show, I'm the iPhone user, I'm Jeff Peck, joined every single week by my co host, the one and only Dr. Trey Franklin, who's an Android user. Dr. Trey, why are you still with Androids, my friend? Oh, man. Now, you, now you're just making me feel like I'm, I'm living in a trailer park in the middle of the woods. Like, we just got rid of our rotary phone last week, Jeffrey Peck. Got me one of them damn new, uh, well, I say new, but it's a flippy phone. Uh, you flip the top up, it looks like a little old clan with a pearl on the inside of it. No, I, I well, we were talking a little bit off the air. I did try to switch the iPhone back in, like, I think it was probably 2012, 2013. And... I just, I never, I never got accustomed to it. I, I've had Android my entire life. Same reason why I don't have an X, Xbox. I've been a PlayStation guy since I started. I don't want to learn new stuff. I'm old. It just, we don't do, we're, we're curmudgeons. I am the Jim Cornette of cell phones. So you really don't, now we, we were having our, like our normal banter in the front and I immediately stopped and I was like, as you've heard time and time, if you're a long time listener to the show, I was like, dude, we got to save this for the podcast. <laughs> And he's like, we have no topics. I was like, no, we do. However, I always love this type of stuff because it's not stuff that you could hear like amongst most wrestling podcasts. Like we'll dig into SmackDown and Rampage, what Tony Khan said about Raw, an early Crown Jewel preview and all that stuff. But I, this is important because I think you are you are speaking to uh, on behalf of the older generation now, Doctor Trey. I guess I'm I'm the a slightly younger generation. I, I'm not in that 18 to 34 demo that everybody targets and talks about thousands of times now when there's viewership. However, I get, you know, I'm, I am younger than you and I guess I'm still kind of hip with it that I have the iPhone. So one of the main reasons why is when I got the iPhone, you had to pay for ringtones. And I was like, no, my Android, I can just download a song, throw it on my, iPhone, throw it on my, on my, on my, you know, Samsung and just link it all up and it works fine. I don't have to go into the you know to the Apple Store and, and dig up a song and pay ninety nine cents for it for a song that in two months I'm going to hate and now I just wasted a dollar which shows you what kind of a cheapskate I am. I I, did, I never liked it and then also for a long time I could actually custom create my ringtones and apply it to my phone and then now it's like even now I'm going I really don't like this because I don't like either brand because it's still I can find a song every now and then for a ringtone but for the most part if I'm looking for something kind of obscure and weird can't find it can't put it on here so now i'm just like listen I, I fell back into cm punk's cult of personality which as much as my phone rings after a while it's gonna make me hate this song too so wait you have a ringtone still yes i oh, didn't oh even know God. that was a possibility wait wait wait. do you still do you have that stupid iphone ring the, the um, generic iPhone ring when, it, when, you, when somebody calls you? Uh, you know, I'm actually going to take it a step worse. I, I just do – I don't have a ring at all. Like, I just do straight vibrate. Like, I got the uh, – uh, which is a weird thing to isolate. I also have the Apple Watch, so it just, like, buzzes yeah. on my wrist. 
Yeah, I don't I don't like the ringtones anymore because it's just like too damn loud and it always like scares me almost. Oh no, it like so as much as my phone rings, uh the job I had prior to this when I was booking the, the freight back and forth, that phone I had they come Just so everybody's clear, you you're not booking the band the fray, right? No, no, no. Like okay. when I would book uh trucking companies to deliver okay, good, merchandise good, good. from other places, that phone rang nonstop from like 5 a.m. till 10 p.m. And they gave me a company iPhone. And that default iPhone ring is like Pavlov's dog. Like like now, if that iPhone ring goes off, I look at my phone, even though I don't have an iPhone anymore. Like I'm just trained. Right? Like yeah. something like that. I think it's a bad impression yeah. of it, but you know what I meant. And then when I came to work for this company for the first year as the production manager, I handle all the customer calls that come into our office for systems not working properly. And then every person who's installing our system, like whatever it is, anything related to the gutters, when the, once they go on the house, my phone rings. So the, for the first year, I had Voodoo Child by Jimi Hendrix. Wow. And then when I changed over into my new role back in August, I, at that point, I now hated Voodoo Child because I, my phone rings so much. So, of course, August, you know, CM Punk, AEW, Cult of Personality became my ringtone. Is it this? Is it right? Yes. Oh my god. That, yeah. I almost shudder when I hear that. So I have up on YouTube iPhone ringtone one hour version. What oh. the hell is that? Somebody's going to listen to that iPhone ringtone for an hour on YouTube? That's what we do for uh, in Guantanamo Bay. We that would drive people crazy. Ooh, here's the Nokia ringtone from 1994. I rem- oh yeah, I rem- see. I'm old enough to remember that. <laughs> wow I think Jeff was in middle school in 94 uh, well, uh, no <laughs> I wish I could say that to help you out but no no your boy here was in elementary school at that point we're about 10 years apart and in 94 I was a junior so that would have been so I was in first grade yeah, uh, yeah I mean 10 years apart probably yeah first grade yeah, if I was in 11th and yeah you have been in first so geez, dear god is that because, you know, you and my wife are the same age, so that it just now dawned on me that when I was a senior in high school, she was in the second grade. Ah, well, uh, we'll be back on next week's program. Uh, that'll do it here. Dr. Trey, any thoughts on Crown Jewel? I would say, hold on a second, Jeff. i got to pause the podcast because Chris Hansen's knocking on my window. Uh, yeah, Dr. Trey has lemonade and condoms right now as he's doing this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> So let's, let's move along to Crown Jewel real quick. All right. The worst segue of all time in the history of this podcast. Uh, there's a big war tomorrow night, Friday, Dr. Trey, between SmackDown and Rampage. You may ask, well, that's nothing new. Uh, it is because WWE is moving SmackDown to FS1 tomorrow night for a supersized edition of SmackDown because of the uh, baseball playoffs. And Tony Khan took offense to it, saying that, okay, you want to take a half hour? Into our program, we're going to do a buy-in. And they're going to do a buy-in on YouTube that'll be airing a Brian Danielson versus Minoru Suzuki match and Lee Marotti taking on Bobby Fish, who recently signed with AEW. Uh, Dr. Trey, um, I think it's kind of bold, right, for for Tony Khan to be taking a shot here saying, all right, you want to play games? Which I didn't think that they were playing games, WWE. I just think... They're trying to make up for the fact that they're on FS1. Like, Lesnar's going to be on there, and typically they're going to get maybe a quarter of their audience. But uh, in Tony Khan's mind, we got a little bit of a war on Friday night between Rampage and SmackDown for at least a good hour and a half. Yeah, didn't the last time uh, SmackDown was on FS1, they drew like a .9 or some like some yeah. crazy low number? It was ridiculous. So W was like, well, we just got to push. We just got to make people realize we're going to be on FS1 this week. Um and Tony Khan's feeling it. Like, not just this, but the, some of the interviews I read this week from Tony Khan, he, he's kind of reveling uh, a little bit in where they're at right now at AEW. So it, to me, it's, 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 on one hand, he'll say, it's not it's a friendly competition, but then he'll say, but if you want to go to war, we can, it, is kind of, it is kind of cute to see how this whole thing's playing out. Uh, and I don't mean that derogatorily. It's just, you know, on one hand, they'll say, oh, we, you know, it's just a friendly competition. And the next minute, they feel like they're taking shots at each other. It is kind of weird. But, you know, this is a great chance for Tony Khan, especially if you're trying to create new sponsors. That, hey, we went head to head with WWE Friday night and we beat them in the ratings. 
we're you know we're doing much better in these demographics that you know that you want to advertise to come on over to AEW. You know, the, the selective salesperson will leave out that it wasn't on the big broadcast network. It was on the little, you know, smaller sports network that's seen in only maybe half of the uh, cable subscribers that, you know, TBS is. So it, it's interesting the dynamics they're playing here. I, I On one hand, I love it. But on the other hand, I'm like, just go put on good programming. I don't really care which brand is. Just make it good because Rampage has not been good for the last month. So that's funny that you say that because this is like um – multiple topics here that are blended into it because the the second thing I wanted to bring up here was Tony Khan said Ross sucked this past Monday. You're talking about interviews where Tony Khan's been feeling it. He was feeling it on Twitter on Friday night when SmackDown announced that they were going to be uh, uh, a half hour into Rampage's stuff. And uh, he spoke to Robbie Fox from Barstool Sports and he said, quote, we'll see what happens regarding Friday SmackDown versus Rampage battle. I'm not saying for sure we'll win and maybe the odds are against us in some ways, Khan said. But we're going to have a give, we're going to give a better show. I know. If you don't believe me, watch the go home show they did last night, Monday's Raw, because it sucked. Um, it seems like lately we're seeing more AEW versus WWE sparring of words um, for this. And, and I originally I was thinking, wow, I'm just thinking this is just coming from AEW because I could th- remember the time Britt Baker said taking the blood money in regards to Crown Jewel and then all the stuff that you've heard recently and. In interviews from Tony Khan, and like this is very AEW lopsided, but it, it appears that all the goodwill where things were quiet during the pandemic picked back up during that um, stockholders uh, meeting, where Vince McMahon said, "You know, we'll give them more talent," meaning AEW that you know they're not creating their own talent, and um, they, I guess, technically have with Daniel Bryan now, Bryan Danielson, Adam Cole. Um, CM Punk has now joined AEW, as we all know. Bray Wyatt's out there. Tony Khan dismissed any rumors of Bray Wyatt going to AEW, which was which was strange. Maybe they're actually going to try to keep that one quiet. But uh, they were certainly pushed a little bit to get into this sparring match. AEW has been feeling themselves since All Out. All Out has definitely is definitely one of the best shows we've ever covered in the history of the program. One of the best wrestling shows in in some time, and they deserve that. But it's funny that you mentioned, like, Rampage has sucked lately. I thought Dynamite's had some hit or misses as well. This doesn't mean, like, Raw and SmackDown's hitting out of the park because um, Raw's been okay. I don't think this past Monday sucked, like Tony Khan is saying. I think the women's matches could be a little bit longer. SmackDown's always been pretty solid. NXT 2.0 is, is starting to grow on me some. But it, it's interesting here, Dr. Trey. I mean, AEW's really feeling themselves lately, and it seems like they are trying to push a war between them and WWE. And we know in America that we love drama. That's why reality television is so damn popular. However, the way that you go about your professional wrestling as a fan, Dr. Trey, by saying, I I don't care that they go at it. I just want to see good wrestling is how I feel as well. So is this sparring of words kind of turning you off a little bit? Or are you just kind of like, uh, not this shit again, or, or are you getting excited by the drama? No, I, I will say the sparring of words is to me reminiscent of like little dog syndrome. Like you got a chihuahua, you know, it's going to bark, it's going to bark. And then if sometimes you kick it and it stops barking and sometimes it keeps barking. And I'm not condoning animal violence, by the way. Um, but it just kind of feels like little brother chirping at big brother type thing. You know, like, yeah, yeah, no, I'm better. I'm better. And then big brother goes out and schools him sometimes. Um, you know, or if your dad playing basketball with your kid, you let your kid win a couple rounds. But then when your kid gets too cocky, you block a shot and dunk on him. Um, that's just, I mean, to me, like, I just want to see good programming. I don't, ABC, NBC, CBS, and Fox don't chirp at each other. You know, FX isn't always chirping at the other bigger networks. You know, but for some reason, I mean, in, in this in this realm, you know, it, it, it's kind of posturing, you know. We we see it a little. We saw a little bit the other night in Major League Baseball with the the pitcher from the White Sox chirping at the Astros, and the Astros go out and win ten to one. You know, it's kind of like that's just kind of how I feel about it. Like I really don't care about what is going on behind the scenes between Tony Khan and Vince McMahon. I really don't. I just want to see good, compelling television. And if you're not putting that out there, I'm not going to be a diehard fan tuning in every single week. And honestly, like. Rampage to me is basically like what Thunder was for WCW, where like, yeah, you might have one match on the show that's good, but the rest of it's kind of filler. So if I, and if you put that one match on in the first you know thirty minutes, why do I need to watch the second half hour? Because at that point, I don't care. So I just think it's kind of 
them feeling their oats, them kind of posturing to sponsors and everybody else to try and bring in more revenue. And then, you know, something will happen and they'll go, oh, yeah, never mind. And we'll just, we just want that friendly competition again. Yeah, I, I'm not a fan of it. Uh, I'll be honest, right? I mean, WWE and WCW did their pot shots and WWE did their pot shots during a stockholders meeting and people are going to point to the Hall of Fame ceremony where DX got inducted and Triple H said what he said. But when you really think about it, like on WWE programming, they don't mention AEW outside of that like really weird one-time segment that Corey Graves and Sami Zayn did. It's it's not talked about. Um, and AEW seems to do maybe like a pot shot a month at least on their programming. Um, when AEW first started, there was a lot of pot shots at WWE, and, and I get it. They were – you know, the big dogs on the block and WWE really wasn't showing them any respect. But in the same sense, and this was always my number one issue with AEW when they first launched, is that AEW had not accomplished anything. Like they had no reason to like do or say what they did until they actually accomplished something. And then they did. And they've been great. I'm a big fan of AEW. They've grown on me. I became a fan naturally from it and enjoy their programming every Wednesday and Friday night when I watch it. However, I, I don't I don't live for this type of crap. Like I don't, and and I wonder if for like longtime fans like you and I, Doctor Trey, if if this plays into it. Like you and I grew up in, uh, in, you know, in different age groups, but we were around the Attitude Era. We talk about how it was probably the greatest era in professional wrestling, the Monday Night War era, Attitude Era, whatever you want to call it, and it will never be replicated. And it was so good and it was so compelling because both shows put on great television. There were pot shots at all the time. But the end story, when it when it happened, it was a lot of excitement and shock and, and it, you know, like, wow, WWE owns WCW. But it led to then about 15 to 20 years of the same mundane wrestling, not really pushing the envelope. And WWE's popularity from a mainstream standpoint faltered and, and I think kind of hurt the business a little bit. Like... At the time, it was pretty cool when it happened. WWE owns WCW. They've won the war. This is cool, especially if you're a WWE fan. But as the years went on, you're like, you know, I don't think it was that cool because wrestling didn't get better. And part of me wonders if that's it, Dr. Trey. Like, if we all think that if there's a war taking place between two promotions, two wrestling promotions, that the only way this actually ends is by one going out of business. And I don't want WWE to go out of business. And I don't want AEW to go out of business because it's not good for wrestling. That's what we learned. Do you think anything like that plays into it for guys like you and I who grew up in that Monday Night War era? So I think there, there's an element of experience and, and wisdom comes with age. And, and for guys like us who lived through the Attitude Era and the fallout, like we see that. But just like when your dad tells you, hey, don't don't smoke weed or don't do this or don't do this. As kids, we try it, and I, and I was as as you were going as you were talking, I was thinking about like the demographics, and you mentioned a little bit earlier the eighteen to thirty four demographic. What do people love? People love real life beefs, and you know, oh, this rapper has heat with this rapper, or he just dropped this diss track, or you know, The That's, Rock and Vin well, Diesel hate each other. Yeah, you know, we catch you know the the younger generation gets involved in that and catches on to, especially this social media generation that we live in now where everything's right there in front of your face um, because they don't have that fallout from the experience that, that guys in our generation do have. Um, so I, I do think there is an element of that to it where it's like, Hey, if we're trying to posture to a younger generation, you know, when Eminem and MG, uh, MGK go at it, it becomes big news. If we can still take these pot shots and get a little bit of real life tension built up, maybe that will bring more viewers to us because people will be talking about it at school. They're talking about it at work. Now I got to tune in and see what's going on. Or now I got to follow them on Twitter. Or now I got to follow this person on Facebook to find out what, what's really going on. And it does kind of, you know, attract an emotional element to it outside of the on-screen product that makes people either diehard AEW fans or diehard WWE fans. That's like, I go into these different, you know, Facebook groups and then see people like, Oh, WWE sucks. I hate him so much. And then, oh, well, AEW sucks. I'm like, at the end of the day, like I, 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 I can read a Marvel comic book and I can read a DC comic book, and I don't have to divide my loyalty. I like them both, and you know, I like drink. If every now and then I'll have a diet coke, and then the next time I have a diet Pepsi, I don't really feel like I'm being disloyal to your brand. It's, it's just out there for consumption. So, I, I to me, 
if they're still doing it. And Tony Khan's a younger guy. I mean, you look at Vince. Vince is, what, in his 70s. Tony Khan's, like, in his 40s. That's kind of what they would do in that situation. Hey, I'm going to keep poking this old man until he does something back. And then if I get back, I know I've got his attention now. And then it feels like a win. So I, I just kind of think they're maybe tailoring this to their demographics, seeing what has gone on. And really, you go back to the Aztec era, we had the East Coast, West Coast beef with rap, you know, Biggie and Tupac going at it. We, I mean, this is not something uncommon uh, for people to take stuff that happens in real life and other entertainment realms and try to bring it over into wrestling. Yeah, you made some interesting points there. Um, you know, even talking about the rap stuff. You know, the feuds that we saw when we were growing up, Biggie and Tupac, it, it led to both of those rappers that we love, like, dead. Uh, yeah. You know, they, it never seems that these famous feuds end well for at least one person or organization, right? I mean, it always seems like somebody just never um, recovers yeah. from it. Like, I, I think of another rapping feud of, of 50 Cent and, and Ja Rule. Granted, both aren't really around anymore, but that was end of Ja Rule's rap career, basically, at that point. And I think if you enjoy something, you don't want to see it end. You want to see friendly competition. You want to see things work out. But I don't want to see one or the other end. Yeah, I was, it's weird, though, to me, in a sense, because I, I, like, when it comes to product consumption, like I mentioned here, like Coke and Pepsi, whatever, you know, when you look at the realm of sports, though, like, I, I could never imagine you rooting for the Red Sox. I just, I just can't see you ever doing True. that. Now, maybe post-marathon bombing, you had a, a, a soft spot in your heart for the Red Sox. But could Jeff Peck ever root for the Bears? You know, no, like, yeah. like when it comes to sports, maybe you and I are in the minority when it comes because this wrestling lives in that gray area between sports and entertainment. But, so, I, but I guess I th- uh, to your point, I'm not a fan of both the Packers and the Bears. I'm not a fan of both the Yankees and Red Sox. I'm a fan of both WWE and AEW. Yeah, but there are those people that feel like they have to pick a side. Is that true? I think in our gener- in our society now, they're like the shades of gray area have almost dissipated. It's either you're one side or the other, and there is no middle ground. And I think like where you and I, we both love the NFL. We both love football. You tend to pick a team, you pick a side that you kind of root for. Like, I, I don't know about you, but like for me, like as a 49er fan, I, I do have a backup team in the other conference. You know, like I'll root for the Chargers because I've always liked the powder blue uniform. So the Chargers are on, I'll check out their game. But they're playing the Niners. Yeah, I'm a both for the Niners. And I think in our society, though, I, I think the, the younger generation almost feels like they have to choose a side in this where the older generation is like, man, I just love watching football. I just love watching baseball. I don't care who's playing. Yeah, if my team's in, I'm more inclined to watch. But at the end of the day, I just want to see good sports. I just want to see good entertainment. We're, so like, so you and I are just like, at this point in our lives, we just want to see good wrestling. It doesn't yeah. matter which brand it is. If it's Impact, if it's Ring of Honor, it doesn't matter. We just want to see good wrestling. We just want to see good entertainment. Where I think to these younger generations, it feels like you have to pick a side to, to run with because that's your crew. And I think that's where AEW is trying to cater their audience to. They're trying to not divide people, but just trying to create brand loyalty specific to them and just dislike everything the other guy's done because they've done it wrong for so long. You know, it's funny, too, because you hear this recent stuff this past week with AEW. And then I, I saw also interviews with, um, I think, Tony Khan, or maybe it was Cody Rhodes recently, where they didn't want fans, wrestling fans, to be on one side or the other. They were, they were talking about it. Like, it feels like in today's society, you have to be on one side or the other. You have to be a Democrat or Republican. You can't be an American. You can't be a moderate. You have to pick a side. You have to pick a side. You have to pick a side. And they were one saying, like, no, you don't have to pick a side. You can love the stuff on Mondays and Tuesdays. Enjoy us on Wednesdays. Love what you see on Fridays and watch both shows. Like, that's what they were saying. And then they're back out there with this. It's just... It's a strange relationship at times, and I think that maybe with AEW, they're coming off of a very big four-week time period, probably the biggest since they launched. Without a doubt, the biggest since they launched. And they need to capitalize on it, and maybe they see that this window is potentially closing a little bit, because like you said, Rampage has been okay. Uh, Dynamite's had hit-or-miss episodes, and I don't think they've lost any momentum that they gained. However, they... You know, they typically pick it up as we get closer to a pay-per-view, which we will be doing here in the upcoming weeks with full gear. But I think there's also concern on their part, which is, as I'm talking through this, you know, they're going to be airing on Saturdays for the next, I think, several weeks. And typically when Dynamite's on Saturdays, it's not good. They had to deal with that after Double or Nothing. 
And that like entire June to early July, uh, just June episodes of Dynamite were lost. Very low viewership, like literally half of the viewership that they typically get. And maybe that's what their concern is, Dr. Trey, is the fact that they were going to have to be on Saturdays for, I think, at least the next two weeks, which could hurt them going into full gear in, in, in less than a month's time. Oh, yeah. I mean, because there's, there's a reason why typically television shows don't really run new content on Saturdays. Nobody's home. Everybody's out. And hopefully, uh, if you're listening to the show, Saturday nights, you're going to an independent wrestling show because uh, that's when we run. So <clears throat> there's obviously going to be some concern here. Because if you know your you know your ratings are probably going to drop, having to be on TV on Saturdays, you know, for the foreseeable future, you, you got to kind of build something up there so at least your diehards are tuning in. Like, okay, honey, I, I know we had dinner plans, but dynamite's on. I got to cancel dinner plans. You know that type of you know that type of Jeff Peck thinking sometimes. <laughs> uh, you know, but I mean, there, there's it, it, to me going back to what you're saying earlier about you know the, the the be a fan of both shows. I mean, if they're smart. That's when the biggest boom in wrestling was, is when people were watching both shows. You're flipping back and forth to Raw to, Di- to Raw to Nitro to Raw to Nitro, SmackDown to Thunder, to see what was going on. And that way you did build up wrestling as a whole. And both companies were really doing pretty well. And in that sense, it makes sense for them to go, hey, you, you can check out WWE. It's fine. And then come back to us and compare the products. And that way, if you're like, if we're better, keep watching us. If they're better, hey, check them out. But still come back and watch us because it'll get better. It makes sense to build it up that way, so that way both companies kind of profit, um, especially heading in these times where it's like, hey, we, we got to make sure our diehards are watching. We're going to be on Saturdays. Viewership dropped off last time 50%. We got to stoke the fire to keep it burning to get through June back, or excuse me, not June, uh, to get through October and then into November, December when baseball ends and we can be back in our normal time slots. The fun part's going to be to see what happens when the NBA season kicks off and when they get bumped for a. Uh, Grizzlies Nuggets matchup. Um, well, that's the whole reason why they're moving to TBS, right? I mean, that's yeah. that's it. So, um, I mean, it seems like it's a move that should have happened, and it's unfortunate it's being delayed. But maybe Warner Media didn't realize what they had with AEW and didn't realize how popular they were, and that they needed to do this and not preempt them like they have in their first two years. Um, you said a very interesting point there about like wrestling being at its top point right now, and over the last two years. I've heard time and time again, and we're just as guilty of this, is asking if we are in the golden era of professional wrestling right now. We hear it time and time again, WWE's kicking it and kicking ass. They've got three great brands. They've got the WWE Network. AEW's kicking on all cylinders. You've got MLW, ROH, Impact Wrestling. Like whatever you want to, uh, whatever you want to see and and watch for for professional wrestling's sake is at your fingertips. And you could watch it on the internet, you could watch it on your phone, you could watch it at your house. Like, it's anywhere and everywhere. Um, and I don't know if I agree with that anymore. Because I heard Tony Khan said it, we've talked about it on the show, we've heard other people say it. I feel that way, like we've been talking about the golden era of wrestling now for the last three or four years, and it hasn't really happened yet. Because while you and I love wrestling, Dr. Trey, I don't think we can ignore the fact that Raw, NXT... Dynamite, SmackDown, and Rampage viewership appears to always plateau and not grow at all, like we would hope. Instead, it it goes down. It never has this massive jump. Like, in my mind, and I don't know TV ratings well, but I watch All Out, and I watch AEW, and AEW is firing all cylinders, and I'm thinking Dynamite should have a higher total viewership. Not just the 18 to 34 or 49 demo. Overall viewership, like well over 2 million two and a half million people and they don't it's like 1.2 1.3 and they're competing with raw but you know you look at smackdown they're like at 2.2 million viewership and this these viewership numbers are nowhere near where they were 10 years ago they're nowhere near where they were 20 years ago when it was uber popular so it makes you wonder like is wrestling a niche form of entertainment now you know it's maybe been i mean it's almost 20 plus years since it was mainstream and it's most popular, where everybody, we always talk about it. You'd go to school, you'd go out, people were in Austin 316 shirts, they were in DX shirts, they were in NWO shirts. Like, that was cool back then. You don't really see that now. So can we really say that we're in the golden era of professional wrestling anymore, Dr. Trey? I mean, are we on the cusp of it? Could it still be here? 
Or do we have to just come down to the fact that based off of the viewership numbers that we see, that maybe the thing that we love it, like professional wrestling, is just kind of niche like a Star Wars is, a Harry Potter is, whatever those little niche entertainment things that people really enjoy. Is it a niche product? Absolutely. It's always been a niche product. Um, so it, when you talk about the golden era of professional wrestling, uh, it depends on how you're defining golden era in the sense of if it's in-ring product, yeah, we are in the golden era. Like There has been more five-star matches in the last 10 years than maybe the previous 30 years. But the one thing I, 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 I I've, in, you've been with me for 10 years on the show, there's no transcendent performer in professional wrestling. Everybody you just mentioned, DX, Stone Cold, Rock, NWO, when you think back to the Attitude Era and go, give me highlights of the Attitude Era, nobody ever names a match. It's always DX invading the, the Richmond Col- or the, uh, the, the, the Coliseum. Wait, you think that, so, though? You don't think there's matches that stick out? Because I would go like I would Austin versus Shawn Michaels, the Austin versus Rock stuff, Hell in a Cell, uh, Foley and Taker. Let me, okay, so Foley and Taker. The match itself, people are like, if you if you actually ask somebody who won that, that match, they'd probably guess Undertaker, but they'd remember the fall off the cell. If you said, give me your top ten moments from the Attitude Era, like the Attitude Era of wrestling, you, you'll probably get three matches, but then you're going to get NWO lawn-darting Rey Mysterio into a trailer. The night that Nash and Hall showed up, Eric Bischoff getting powerbombed off the stage, uh... Hogan, I mean, it should be Austin with the beer truck. Hogan turning heel at Bash at the Beach. You know, like I said, the all, the Rocks promos. Austin throwing the Intercontinental title into the river. You know, there's a lot of moments that define the Attitude Era that weren't in the ring. And we don't have those performers out there that whose personality comes through as larger than life and transcends wrestling to make people go, oh my God, Austin and, and Mike Tyson got into it. And then Tyson, or then Austin stunned Vince McMahon. Like, that wasn't a match. That was a moment. And that's one of the things I think people have gotten away from is creating those moments in professional wrestling right now that make people go, oh, shit, that was amazing. Like, I can't believe that happened. Like, I can't remember outside of, you know, you know, like the retirement angles and, you know, not angles, the retirements and, and people coming back from retirements. There really hasn't been that oh my god moment in quite a long time. Like I can't believe that actually just happened. We haven't had that in, in you know where you go and talk to your friends that aren't into wrestling and tell them like, dude, I cannot believe this happened. Let me tell you what happened. And people go, oh my god, I got to check that out. Like we just don't have that anymore. You don't think Punk's and, return? To a degree, um, I think that might have been. The biggest, but once again, that's somebody coming back from retirement. I would put that yeah. up there with Daniel Bryan and Edge. Edge is popping Royal Rumble when he returned. Yeah, and, and Rock there, when he returned time. for WrestleMania 27, but, I thought was those were returns. So yeah, you're right. But when I say like, oh my God, they threw a dude face first into a, a tractor trailer. That's uh, you know, it's not a return. It's not a retirement. That's like an oh my, Austin drove a beer truck through a curtain on Raw and started spraying everybody down with beer. You know, like stuff like that doesn't happen anymore. The first time you saw Sting repel from the ceiling, like, oh my God, dude, I just see that happen. Like, dude, like, repel from the ceiling to jump in the ring and beat people up. Like, what? I got to check so that you're, out. You're saying something interesting there. And I think what you're kind of saying is that while the, the in ring work has gotten better, which I agree with you on, the entertainment is not there. Yeah. It's not entertaining. Like, it's not so much like the in-ring stuff is, is really good. Yeah. But when you look at those personalities that we're talking about here and, and like the Austin, Austin 316 flipping people off, telling, you know, you know, cursing, not for the sake of cursing, but because it's like, that's his character, the rock, how cool the rock was. Charism- uh, charismatic, great personalities. Who is the most charismatic person in wrestling right now? I don't think there is one. Exactly. That, that's what I'm saying. Like we don't Biggie? have, I, I, I to a degree, but even like watching a Monday night, I'm like, I'm, and I love Biggie. I think Biggie could be one of those like transcendent breakthrough guys. But then when he's standing next to Drew McIntyre, I'm like, Biggie's kind of short. <laughs> like, it just. It, Do you it, think Kenny Omega is charismatic? No, I really don't. Uh, and I don't think Roman Reigns is. 
and the crazy thing is, is I just read something. Today. I don't know if you you read the story. Like his merchandise is selling at John Cena babyface numbers. Roman Reigns. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's. I mean, I, this is not a popular opinion because everybody wants to side with Kenny Omega on this, but. I think this is Roman Reigns' world that everybody's living in right now. Like, he is the yeah. closest thing that we've seen to a Cena, Rock, Austin, you know, in general. And it's been because of this heel run. He's really and separated not, himself. But even his, in his promos have gotten better. But to me, like, when you talk about the elite talkers of all time, he's not up there yet. No, like, no, no. But nobody, there's, he's got, like, an Undertaker there. vibe to me. Yeah. Where he's just a badass. Lesnar, Lesnar during his you know peak runs, but there's nobody. We always have a saying in wrestling that that guy can talk me into the building. Dusty Rhodes could talk people yeah. into the Flair. building. Rick Flair could talk people into the building. Hogan could talk people into the building. Austin and Rock. I don't think there's that guy. And Punk might be the closest. But once again, Punk's getting tied up with Powerhouse Hobbs and some other stuff like. You know, like he's not talking me into watching AEW. No, and Punk you know? needs to get his sea legs back in that ring, man. Yeah, no, he does. But I'm saying, but like promo wise, entertainment wise, the guys I just mentioned, there's no like you know the Hogan's, Flair's, Dusty's, Piper's, you know those guys, Austin's, Rock, you know, th- there's just not that guy out there in professional wrestling that's going to make me go. I have to see what this guy does. Like it was when it's he true. goes, "Hey man, are you watching WWE?" Yeah, I can't think of somebody I'm explicitly tuning in to see AEW. Yeah. I can say Punk because I know he's entertaining and that return was great. But outside of Punk, I, I don't know if there's anybody who's going to talk me into watching their show. Now, if I know somebody's wrestling, Daniel Bryan and Kenny Omega, I'm watching that because that's going to be a fantastic wrestling match. But entertainment wise, there's not anybody in in pro wrestling right now, that's going to talk me into making sure I watch that channel. You know who, um, it was very, very small, very, very small sample, sample size that a lot of people were, were shocked at how entertaining and charismatic he was, was during a promo was Lesnar when he took yeah. the microphone from Kayla Braxton and did that, you know, goofy wink. Yeah. It, it, it reminded me of, of Lesnar in the early two thousands when he debuted like that 2001, 2004 run. It was 2002-2004 run, the first run in WWE. He had moments where he was pretty charismatic and fun on the microphone. And then when he came back, he just became a boring stiff and was the same gimmick until recently. But I'm with you. It's it's kind of the way the entertainment is nowadays, Dr. Trey. I, um, I don't know about you, but I grew up on ESPN Sports Center. It was my favorite show. It was the reason why I wanted to get into sports radio, radio in general, blah, blah, blah. And they had personalities that hosted Sports Center that uh, made the show awesome. And why I enjoyed watching Sports Center each and every week. I don't watch or every day. I don't watch Sports Center at all anymore. I couldn't tell you who hosts Sports Center anymore because they don't want you to know who these personalities are. They're not personalities anymore. They're just talking heads. And it's like they kind of these organizations want to control the narrative and not let the people be themselves. And while AEW says, well, we don't do that, they haven't found that person yet that can kind of carry the banner for professional wrestling like we've seen in the past with the personalities of Steve Austin, Shawn Michaels, Rock, Flair, Rhodes, Hogan, whatever, Macho Man. Like, we just haven't seen it, and I don't know why. So I, I do – I argue that we're we're not – it depends on your definition of the golden era. Yeah. From an in-ring standpoint, I'm there. But from an overall popularity, entertainment value, it's not there. It's not there at all, and it's not. And it's funny that you bring up, like, the in-ring work – and and we're saying like there's not a lot of great entertainment value, you know. You watch three hours, two hours, three hours of Raw, two hours SmackDown, two hours of, of AEW, and it's like what was really entertaining? It's like well, you know, I like this match. It's like well, there's showed a lot of athleticism, but what what would you watch again on YouTube the next day? And there's yeah. not many things ever. I think if YouTube was around during the Attitude Era, you're watching YouTube the next day, or you're sharing clips of the show with your friends to check out and that was like raw or smackdown or nitro or thunder every single week so it definitely seems like philosophy has changed when it comes to the entertainment value of professional wrestling dr trey yeah but i think even if youtube had been around during the attitude era i don't think we're watching full-blown matches i still think you're showing you know mcmahon beating or austin beating mcmahon over the head of the bedpan you're going to show the crazy stuff you know you're going to show you might show uh kurt angle suplexing shane mcmahon through the glass window 
you know, for King of the Ring. Yeah, yeah, that that that's yeah, it's the same thing as like the table spot, right, for Hell in a Cell. I tell people all the time, and, and I learned this from a guy that is no longer in wrestling, Jake Chris. It's that people typically, when it comes to wrestling, they remember the entrance, they remember the finish, and they remember moments. Like Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart to this day, that Iron Man match is still my favorite match of all time. Couldn't say what happened in the middle of every minute. I remember the beginning, I remember the end, and I remember the finish. That's all I remember. And I remember the emotion I felt. That's one of the things you watch. Like, when you're watching in-ring products, like, man, these guys are so athletic and so great. But then it's like when you come back, like, three weeks later and say, hey, remember that Kenny Omega, Daniel Bryan, Daniel Bryan or Brian Anderson match? What do you remember? It's like you kind of remember the, the, the interest, remember the emotion you felt when they came out. You remember some, you know, a couple moves in the middle. And you remember the finish. That's all you remember. So wrestling is about creating moments. It's not all about just the in-ring product. It's really about creating moments that people remember, and that's what hooks them to come back and watch the following week and tell their friends about it and hook them to watch it the next week. That's what wrestling's about, storytelling. Good good what discussion happened? here. Good discussion. Feel free to chime in. At SRT Podcast on Twitter, Facebook.com, slash it's a real touch show. Clearly what Dr. Trey is saying is he wants uh, Big Dick Johnson back in wrestling. I actually tried to create that guy again, by the way. So that we have a, our, our Amish guy. That was the guy that got pushed. was the Chris Farley Chippendale dancer from Saturday Night Live. And they went with Roadkill instead? Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's... He wasn't comfortable being in a, in, a, in a pair of bikini briefs and a bow tie. So they had to go with fully dressed. Because he's, he's a chubby, hairy dude. Like yeah, not everybody is, Dr. Trey. Not everyone is, you know? He's a maniac. He's a maniac. Uh, main event for Full Gear has been announced during all these uh, interviews Tony Khan had with uh, Robbie Fox of Arsenal Sports. Tony Khan announced Kenny Omega versus Hangman Page for the AW World Championship will headline Full Gear. He also announced that the Eliminator Tournament Finals will be taking place at Full Gear again with the winner facing the AW World Champion. Uh, I'm I'm excited for this one, Dr. Trey, because I feel like Kenny versus Hangman, to me, is the feud I want to see in AEW. Hopefully this is not a one-off deal, but it kind of feels like it may be. Um, do you think AEW can properly capitalize on this year, well, almost two-year storyline that they've been uh, pushing here between Hangman and Kenny Omega, all fighting for the AEW World Championship? I mean, I would hope so. I mean, if you're building up this long, it better pay off. Um, do I like that he announced it on Barstool? No. <laughs> How many people actually, like, listen, diehard sport fans read Barstool. Casual fans don't read Barstool. Or don't listen to Barstool. Put it on your damn show. Um, I mean, and literally, it was announced. In, in, this is just me once again sidetracked here. It was announced almost as a throwaway. Like the interview yeah. was more about the Owen Hart stuff, and then he announced that, Oh yeah, by the way, the full gear, the main event for full gears and the Omega and Page. It almost it was like, like he wasn't supposed to. Yeah, but it's like still, it's like man, like save stuff. You supposed to save stuff for the show. Kenny comes out. Apparently, I don't have a match with full gear. Nobody wants, you know, we're not ready. You know, nobody's stepped up to my level. Hangman comes out. Boom, crowd pops. Cowboy shit all the way around. Way bigger than a throwaway line. Because now they have to come back on, on Wednesday or on Saturday when they do Dynamite. And Jim Ross and, and uh, you know, Tony Schiavone and, and Next Caliber are like, oh, yeah, by the way, as announced on Barstool Sports, the main event for full gears of the Kenny, Kenny Omega and, and Hangman Adam Page. So anticlimactic. But, um, I do get a little worried about AEW when it comes to feuds at times because certain feuds, they do kind of run a good long gambit and, and get you kind of emotionally invested. And then other ones, it's like, man, I'm all six out of this match. Here's the match. And then there's no follow-up. There's no conclusion. Like, just the match happens and it's done. So it's kind of like, you know, they shortchange some angles and other angles they build out properly. Like, you know, Jericho and, and Orange Cassidy, great feud. Went, you know, how, like six months on that feud. You know, but then, you know, we get other stuff that's like, oh, yeah, they had this match, and then all of a sudden now they're, you know, either best friends or they forget that the other person exists. So I'm hoping with something that's been built for two years, we get a proper payoff and everybody's happy because if Hangman wins, you've got to follow up with another match with him and Omega because that, that to me, is the the normal course in pro wrestling. You throw him the champion, the champion should get their shot at the throne, but then I say that, and John Moxley hasn't had his rematch yet. True. I, you know, I get your points. I, I kind of feel like that they are shotgunning this a little bit because you got to feel like the money match here is Omega versus Danielson for the title again, or Omega taking on CM Punk, right? And which sucks because if you're a longtime AEW fan and that is the route that you go, I wonder if it causes a little bit of resentment not only amongst the fans but in the backstage area as well that 
you're kind of dismissing this two-plus-year-long storyline that you put together in favor of Omega versus Danielson or Omega versus CM Punk. Yeah, because of what, here's the trade-off. If Paige wins, which, you know, that in normal storytelling, the good guy does eventually vanquish the villain. If Hangman wins, who's who's next in line to challenge MJF? It would go to the Eliminator Tournament, right? Yeah, but, like, they haven't, outside of the Elite, and then MJF, that there's really no other strong heels that you would look at and go, that's a main event guy. There's, they don't have that. They have a ton of babyface guys you can look at and go, that's a main event guy. They don't. They haven't built up the heel side of their roster strong enough yet to really, you know, do that. I mean, like, right now, Jericho's feuding with Dan Lambert. I mean, like, Jericho could be building up another heel if they wanted to go that route. You know, Jericho, Ricky Starks, shit, sign me up for that. That way you got Swagger and Hobbs on the background. I'd be okay with that. Well, that's why I think they're not going to pull the belt off of, no, off of Kenny Omega. At that point, you now, have you kind of blown a two-year angle of Hangman doesn't win the belt? So, it's but the flip side is, if you're AEW, you're trying to build name-brand recognition and... The guys like Daniel Bryan, the guys like CM Punk, those are the guys you can build around. Now, if you want to turn Punk heel and do Punk and Hangman Page, I'm probably going to sign up for that one. That'd be pretty damn good. So it just kind of depends on where they want to go. I mean, right now, like all their, like you look right now, Cody Rose, Daniel Bryan, or Bryan Danielson, CM Punk, uh, Chris Jericho, like all your name, John Moxley. That's five of your biggest names, and they're all baby faces. On the flip side, you got Kenny and you got MJF. That that's pretty much it. So you got seven basically made seven made up seven made main event guys, and only two are heels. And that's yeah. counting Hangman Page. Yeah, it's it's uh, it'll be interesting here. I feel like the Eliminator Tournament is being set up just so they can get to the Omega Danielson or Omega Punk match, honestly, so that they can go around their rankings. It's the same way that they did with Hangman Page, too. But the Casino Battle uh, Royal Ladder Match, or whatever the hell that was. The- yeah, which was dumb because they basically screwed him out in, what, an eight-man tag? Well, it's like, yeah. Wasn't it, it was an eight-man tag where he lost, and then we didn't see we haven't seen him until the Casino Battle Royal. Yeah, and that's what he made. Well, he, he had, like, a kid. They, had, they literally put him on maternity leave. Yeah. I, that's, he was due to be the guy at, at All Out. Like, he was going to be the guy. He's still due to be the guy. Yes. He spent two years building this guy up through all these storylines of his drinking problem and everything else. You know, to only have him lose now a full year. Like, then I, where do you like? Then, then where do you go with Hangman Page after that? And I think it's a shame because I, I I know he doesn't get put in this context, but I I look at him as one of those four pillars of AEW. I know they're running with Jungle Boy, MJF, Darby, and Sammy Guevara right now, but I think Hangman Hangman is one of those pillars. Like he was not well known. In the U.S. circles, uh, mainstream wise, like like the Bucks and, and Omega were. Yeah, they've they've kind of cast him into no man land because he's not one of the WWE guys, and he's not being focused with those the other four pillars. He's just kind of in this gray area of the middle where he's not in the elite, but he's still friends with the elite in real life. But you know, he's not you know Darby, MJF, Sammy. He's not those guys, but he's not the WWE guys. He's his own entity, and he hangs out with the Dark Order at times. So, uh, I don't think he hangs out with them anymore, though. That's the confusion. Yeah, I, I know. Like we said, we love AEW, but there's some things they do that just make me go, I, I have no idea where you're going with this stuff. I think the Punk and Danielson and Cole signings kind of uh, derailed a lot of those long-term plans they were working on. At least that's from the outside looking in. We could be completely wrong, yeah. so we'll have to see uh, as things move forward here for AEW. Uh, last thing, Dr. Trey, WWE Crown Jewel. That actually airs a week from today. So I'm going to try to watch that show on Thursday. I know you probably won't be able to at work unless you uh, sneak out and decide to watch five hours of wrestling from Saudi Arabia. Um, I'm going to try to watch it. We're going to try to recap it here and spoil it for Dr. Trey on next week's edition of the show. I could be really <laughs> pissed off again. It's just been known since the Bray Wyatt-Goldberg match. But I don't. I doubt it, actually. because But I look at this card right now. And it's not that bad. It truly is not that bad. So uh, let's get into it, Dr. Trey. Uh, Mansoor taking on Mustafa Ali. Mustafa Ali uh, making his way to Saudi Arabia. He was one of those guys that refused to wrestle there. So that's a pretty big step forward that he will be there. And um, you know, maybe he's you know, decided to, to try to improve the culture there rather than 
be against it. So, Dr. Trey, Mansoor, Mustafa Ali, who do you think wins this one? They literally broke their tag team up for Mansoor to win in Saudi Arabia. So, Mansoor gets the win. Well, it's either that or he's going to defeat Roman Reigns to win the Universal title. Uh, well, I mean, the guy he, he currently has the longest undefeated streak outside of the United States. Yep, there you go, Mansoor. Uh, I'm going to go with Mansoor as well, of course. Uh, Hell in a Cell match, Edge taking on Seth Rollins. I'm going to go with Edge. Dr. Trey, what say you? Yeah, you don't put a Hell in a Cell in Saudi Arabia in front of that prince who still wanted to book Yokozuna two years ago <laughs> for Edge to lose. So uh, I'm taking Edge. Yes, that's right. They, they He wanted Yokozuna there, which they kind of Baba did. Tu- Baba Tunde. No, it was someone else. Baba Tunde oh, was yeah. there, now known as Commander Aziz, but it was... It was somebody else. It was like Aki that, Bono. Yeah, well, it wasn't Aki Bono. It was, they, they did have a big sumo guy in developmental at that point. I can't remember his name. Back. No, I think they actually hired a sumo guy. Really? Yes. I thought that sumo guy was on a developmental. Wait a minute. Now you're making me like literally pause this. Uh, <laughs> what do we do? What was that? The Royal Rumble, right? Greatest Royal Rumble? Yeah. Let's see. Let's see what I can find as we Google search during the... Uh, the uh, the episode here uh it was oh this is gonna be fun to say um <laughs> let's see here hiroki sumi oh i thought she was in aew what's that <laughs> oh hakiroshida hakiroshida remember when i would have to read the at new japan names on the show it was always the best Talking about Edge and Seth Rollins, you know, I know on the show Edge mentioned calling you know Cash Wheeler Dax Hardwood. Why did he just call Arn Anderson? Arn would have told. I mean, we know what Arn would have done if Seth had broken into that house. I love that they did that. I, I, I you're talking about callouts that we hated. I love that one. I thought that was cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. Should, why didn't he call, call out Arn? Arn? What's that? I said, yeah, he still should have called out Arn. Arn should start his own AP, the Arn Anderson Protection Agency, the Double APA. Uh, and just starts blasting people for for, there you go. for money. Arn, I love that that shirt they made. Uh, Queen's Queen's Crown Tournament Finals. We don't know who will be in it because you've got Zelina Vega taking on Carmella and Shayna Baszler taking on Dewdrop. Uh, Doctor Trey, give it your best guess here. Who do you think leaves as the Queen's Queen's Crown Tournament Champion? Uh, I'm taking Shayna because she's the Queen of Spades, and then uh, uh, Charlotte Flair is on SmackDown, and she's the Queen. So, uh, natural rivalry built out of it. So, I will take Shayna Baszler. I, too, am going to take Shayna Baszler. I did kind of feel like, hmm, I wonder if they go with Dewdrop here. But uh, I just don't see that happen the way that Shayna's being booked. The bigger question is, here is who does she face? I mean, Zelina or Carmella? That's uh, a tough one. I'm, I think I'm going to go with Zelina. See, that was tough for me, too, because Carmella was my backup pick because the most beautiful woman in WWE um, I mean, I literally, I can make a case for all four women in this because I can see where they would go gimmick-wise with it. Um, I think I'll lean Carmella against Shayna in the finals. But, I mean, on paper then, once again, like, why would I watch that match if I'm looking at Shayna versus Zelina or Carmella? Because that just looks like a squash match to me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I hear you. Uh, next match here is King of the Ring Tournament Finals. Obviously, we don't know. you got Sami Zayn taking on Finn Balor, Jinder Maul taking on Xavier Woods. I think Finn Balor defeats Sammy. I think Jinder defeats Xavier Woods. And uh, I think King of the Rings are better for heels. So I think this is the beginning of another run for Jinder Mahal. So I'm going to go with Jinder Mahal to win the King of the Ring tournament. See, I'm going to flip those picks exactly. I'm going to take Woods beating Jinder because on on Woods' show, he has campaigned to be King of the Ring for like three years. Um, And I'll take Sammy to defeat Finn. And then Sammy wins to be King because now he can stop all the conspiracies and see if he's the King. That would be fun, but it's that weird thing, right? He doesn't like going to Saudi Arabia as well, so. Yeah, I know. But if, if they got Mustafa Ali there, if you look at Sam's hand, like, we're making King of the Ring if you go. Eh, you more money. Eh, okay. Uh, he may be in. All right, next match, no holds barred. Goldberg taking on Bobby Lashley. Um, I'm going to take Goldberg in this one, Dr. Trey. It, it's Saudi Arabia, man. Goldberg is the win. I mean, he's only facing Bobby Lashley. He's not facing the fiend, Jeff Peck. It's only Bobby Lashley. So I'll take, I'll take Goldberg as well. True, true. Uh, for the Raw Tag Team Championship, RK Bro defends against AJ Styles and Omos. What say you, Dr. Trey? Uh, I, this was tricky for me because, like, I don't know about you. I, I, I totally thought they were going to split up AJ and Omos, but then I read that they don't, they're not ready yet. Somebody went to them and said he's not ready yet. So uh, I think I'm going to take RK Bro to retain uh, just because the, they are the most entertaining act in WWE right now. 
All right. Well, that's good that we. This is the first time we have something different. I'm going to go with AJ Styles and almost to win the title. We just disagreed on King. We just we disagreed on men's King of the Ring. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. I had gender. You had Sammy. Forgot about that because it's yeah. not like a match that actually exists right now. Yeah, that's true. It's just literally fantasy booking and throwing crap at a wall because they decided to do a pay per view on a Thursday when we do the show. Yeah. Dicks. Next match: SmackDown Women's Championship Triple Threat match. This is this is a fun one. Becky Lynch defends against Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks. Dr. Trey, I feel like the title has to come back to SmackDown. Becky's on Raw. Bianca's on Raw. I'm going to go with Sasha, the blueprint, to win this one. So are you are you thinking they're going to merge the women's titles then? No, 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 I don't. I don't. I think I actually thought there was going to be this weird twist. I did some fantasy booking to quick, take a quick step back here. And I was yeah. like, I wonder if they'll do a fatal four-way first fall. And this involves Charlotte Flair. First fall is for the SmackDown women's title. Seconds for Raw. And then you get something where, like, Sasha wins the SmackDown, and then Becky wins the Raw title. Because Becky has not, like, gone a day since WrestleMania 35 without the championship. So I feel like they would do some little cool switch. I thought that would be a cool way to do it. Yeah, but they're in Saudi Arabia, and Becky's the most popular person, so I'll take Becky to retain. All right, Becky Lynch. Yeah, I'd be interested in what they're going to do here with the women's titles. And then we just trade belts like New Day and and Street Profits did like that. That was the worst. Next match for the WWE Championship, Big E defends against Drew McIntyre. I'm going to take Big E to become the WWE Champion, stay as the WWE Champion. Yeah, I am too. Once again, I think they're both highly popular. That's why I hate babyface versus babyface matches, but it's a good way to get Big E over as Drew's going over to SmackDown. So Big E wins. I mean, Drew's, I mean, hell, Drew let Damian Priest pin him. So, uh, I mean, he's just been putting everybody on Raw over lately, so why not put the champ over? And then finally, the uh, main event match, if this was two years ago, we would groan. We literally groaned. Uh, Roman Reigns defending the Universal Championship against Brock Lesnar. However, we're, like, excited about this one. This seems like it's going to be a fun match, especially given the new Roman Reigns persona and the new Brock Lesnar persona. With that said, I'm going to go with Roman Reigns to retain and stay as our Universal Champion. Yeah, don't forget, I walked out on a WrestleMania main event because this was the main event true so so uh that being said i'm taking roman as well although i do love i, I do love fun brock fun brock is, is really entertaining so uh hopefully he comes back around next time we uh get one of these crazy weird pay-per-views on a thursday but uh, i'll take roman to retain uh because roman and drew is their long-term money match so uh we will recap and review crown jewel at least we'll attempt to on next week's show if one of us at least is able to watch it um, and that'll do it for this week's edition of SRTU. Let's get a couple plugs and sponsors out of the way. You can download the show every Thursday at thebowershow.com, WrestleChatNet on Twitter, and the Still Real Thug Show iTunes feed. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to help us climb the charts on iTunes. You can follow us individually on Twitter for myself at SRTU Jeff and for Dr. Trey Franklin at the Dr. Trey. And of course, don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at SRTU Podcast. With that being said, what is going on in the wonderful world of Dr. Trey Franklin this week? Well, like Jeff said, you can follow me on Twitter at the Dr. Trey. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram, Dr. Trey Franklin. Uh, when you're on Facebook, check out Rocket State Championship Wrestling. We have a huge show. We have our Halloween show coming up uh, this Saturday, so uh, yours truly will actually be in costume uh, for this week's show. So no uh, multiple wardrobe changes like we did last show, just full costume changes. So uh, be sure to check that out on Facebook. Team pictures, and we'll also share them over on our SRTU page as well. So there you go. Support all the great things that support the Still Real Tush show. Tell your friends about SRTU, especially if they love professional wrestling. Help spread the word about this lovely podcast. And uh, from anything that we talked about on this week's edition of the show, feel free to chime in at SRTU Podcast or Facebook.com slash the Still Real Tush show. I felt like we had a uh, great discussion there, actually, about uh, the golden era of professional wrestling and uh, all things that we like and dislike currently in the world of professional wrestling. So I'm sure... A lot of that relates to you as a professional wrestling fan. And uh, spread that great verbiage about this lovely podcast, because we've been going strong here now for 609 straight episodes. So until next week, when uh, I think we'll recap and review WWE Crown Jewel, kind of depends on if we're able to watch the show before the pod. Uh, Until next week, for Dr. Trey Franklin, who's an Android user, I'm Jeff Peck, who's an iPhone user. This is The Still Real Thug Show.
Cause the beer's on me Come get a bud, heavy bush light Kill a cold mill of blue moon, red stripe Natter dare don't matter to me Cause don't nothing taste better than free Yeah, the beer's on me Watch Marry Me. Jennifer Lopez, Owen Wilson, Maluma, Marry Me. Directed by Kat Koiro. Rated PG-13. Streaming now only on Peacock. Sign up now. Visit PeacockTV.com. Welcome back, Bayside. They're taking school spirit. The fun's just getting started. To the max. This is gonna be awesome. Saved by the Bell. New season streaming now. Let's do this, baby. Only on Peacock.